era niente per salvarmi di otte. Stai ascoltando Radio Rosso Bologna. È giunto il momento della nostra storia della settimana e oggi abbiamo una revisitazione di un classico racconto popolare, le catene del Orcolat. In alto sui Monte delle Carnie, dove gli abiti rossi e i pini sembrano accarezzare. High in the mountains of Carnia, where the spruce and pine seem to stroke the sky, lived the ogre of Friuli. His was a sad, solitary existence, and he ventured out of his cave only in darkness, aware of the terror his appearance might cause to the people of the land. For the village in the valley below, however, the ogre's very presence was a source of nightmares. Legends told of newborn calves mysteriously taken from their mothers, of vineyards trampled as the creature stalked the land, and of deafening cries of anger, which echoed long into the night, waking children from their sleep in terror. The people of Carnia had tolerated the ogre for generations, but as the seasons passed, fear morphed into resentment. And one day, they turned to the prior of the local abbey for counsel. The prior told them that the ogre's wails were not cries of anger, but of sorrow, and that his actions did not come from malice, but from ignorance. He told them they should seek understanding rather than conflict, and promised that he himself would extend a hand of friendship from man to beast. So, armed only with his faith, that afternoon the prior ascended the mountains. Finding the ogre at the mouth of his cave, the man of God was indeed taken aback by his terrible appearance. Stealing himself, he approached, with a smile, a deck of playing cards, and a crate of the villagers' finest wine. The ogre, unused to such kindness, welcomed the prior into his dwelling. As they sat together through the night, the prior shared tales of love, sacrifice and redemption, while the ogre listened intently, drank deeply of the wine, and eventually fell into a deep slumber. However, unbeknownst to the prior, the villagers had silently trailed him and lay in wait outside the mouth of the cave. Hearing the ogre's snores, they seized their chance, falling upon the ogre and binding him in chains, despite the prior's protestations. Upon waking, the ogre's fury knew no bounds. His roars echoed throughout the valleys, and his struggles against the chains caused the mountains themselves to groan in sympathy. The old prior, his heart near breaking with guilt at the trickery played upon the creature, approached with trepidation. Quietity, Orcolat, he whispered, invoking an old prayer meant to calm the restless spirits of the mountains. With those words, the ogre's struggles appeared to lessen, but the rage in his eyes never dimmed. Realizing that the village had traded one curse for another, the prior summoned the brothers of his order. The Orcolat, he said, has been bound, and no longer will the village fear his wrath. But chains made by man, no matter how thick, are only as strong as the hands that forged them. 
we must remain ever vigilant. And so the village, which once lived in terror of the ogre, now lived under the constant shadow of his chained fury. When the Orkalat raged, his bouts of anger would shake the earth itself, sending tremors rippling through the valleys below. And the villagers knew, but dared not whisper it, that one day the chains of the Orkalat would snap, and his cries of anger would rip the mountain in two. squarciato in due la montagna. You continue along this canal. I think, I think I see... You or someone else could get anywhere through these tunnels. This began as a party of seven, and we're now down to three. They do an annual trip of the Madonna di San Luca, and they have the right to bear away the bodies of criminals. And that's why they're called the Dominichini. What do you think's happened to Julia? Mr Hyde, I, I, I imagine she just went for some air. So I write Julia Benson, question mark. Any ideas? I still think we should all travel together to drop the snow top. The fact is, we are in mourning. There was a bit of a commotion, I hear, but I, f- I slept right through it, I'm afraid. We cannot even see the body. As those pantomime priests have taken it. The Apocalypse Players present Il Portico di San Luca A Call of Cthulhu scenario by Dan Wheeler With Dominic Allen as Robert Hyde Retired chemist. Joseph Chance as Nicholas Devere, theatre critic. Perennial guest star Jeannie Spark as Sharon Clifford, widowed housewife. And Dan Wheeler as your keeper of arcane lore. The Chains of the Orcalat. I step back out of the cafe and I go, Wow, lovely people, the Italians, aren't they? I think sometimes they get a bit bad. Very charming, very friendly, especially the old geezers. Oof, that vermouth's gone right to my tits. (laughs) Well, now we just have to wait and see, I think. Right. Did you get any information? Well, I've left a note for my contact, who I'm sure will be in in the fullness of time. Um, I did ask in the cafe if they'd heard of anyone going missing. Apparently those two in there, they'd... uh, Yeah, their brother got killed last night. Oh. That was the gun shooting we heard, yeah. Oh, dear. That's a shame. Yeah, so they're in mourning, yeah, yeah. How tragic. I know. That's what I said to them. I said, that's tragic. Condolences. But what can you do in this situation? I mean, goodness me. So what do you think we should do now, Mr Hyde? Do you think we should go back to the casa and wait there? In fact, sorry to interrupt, in fact, Mr Devere, what you were wittering on about earlier, about those um, Dominicis... Yes. ...taking bodies off of criminals and that, well, apparently their brother, he had a criminal record, so they've taken him. They're really pissed off they can't see the body. Where have they taken him? Well, I asked that, and they just they didn't really say. They cart them off, apparently, if they've got a criminal record. Here's what you were saying, wasn't it, Nick? Well, it's a very difficult time, of course, and, and I think it's fair to say that the... Um, I think it's fair to say that the um, powers of authority have 
panicked slightly. Mm. It's hardly hardly a liberal country at the present moment, gripped by fear. Mm. Um, more fool us, perhaps, to come, but uh, one, one hopes to shine a light uh, in the darkness, doesn't one? On which point, um, aside from possibly needing a bite to eat in about an hour, do you think... Do you think there's any value in us uh, returning to Casa Petronio and investigating the rooms a little more thoroughly that we haven't been to? Such as the room that um, Signora Gabriella uh, Fabri was in? Possible. Possible. I'd be interested to head up to the Basilica. Do you think... I just feel like... That's where the show's kicking off tonight, right? No. Point of point of order. No point of the other one. From what you understand about the 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 festa, uh, very specifically, they brought the Madonna. Oh well, it depends which sort of which basilica you mean. But they brought the Madonna down from the Basilica di San Luca, which sits on the hill. Mm-hmm. You can get up there a number of ways, but the procession through the colonnades, through the portico, would by foot takes a number of hours. Oh, okay. And they they. Uh, set off from the city at midnight or shortly after midnight, from what you understand. So, as as you understand it, the the order and the and the icon are are here in the city in the cathedral. In the cathedral, yeah, that's what I mean. San Stefano. Uh, no, no, not San Stefano. Another one that you haven't been to yet. No. But uh, <laughs> there's loads of churches. Um, but that you know, that's that's not me saying don't go to the basilica. That's just me saying that's not where as that's not where you imagine the, the 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 public festival is happening. Yeah, yeah, that's not where it's all starting tonight. But San Luca's out of town, essentially. It's out of town, yeah. Uh, and the and the um, the portico itself is is what leads there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, well. Cigarette. <laughs> and I I pass them both. I, I give them an option on cigarettes. So where are, where are we? We are somewhere on the Piazza Maggiore, Joseph. It is Joseph speaking. Can I just double-check? When I was up in the statue, there were no further tracks that I was sort of just blatantly ignoring, were there? No, what, going in different directions? Because I was, I, I was at an epicentre of many... We were at an epicentre, but when I went climbed up the ladder, it wasn't like I missed... No, I mean, there may have been other tracks down there, but I don't think there was anything that would have been, like, game-changing. Okay. No, that was really, like, basically just to sort of indicate that you could get anywhere via these tunnels, you or anyone, and that they are being used by something with strange footprints. Quick, 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 brief meta chat while we're on this subject. Yeah. Hmm. What's that? What's our working theory here? Hmm. <laughs> no, well, I, that's yes. I, I think if we're allowed a brief meta chat, I mean, I'm strongly of the opinion that I mean, I didn't hallucinate the gargoyle feet, but the problem is, Devere is alone in having seen them. Hmm. And it's fed in beautifully to his dog mania. <laughs> so although he wants to get back down to the tunnels and see where any tracks lead, I think even he realises that yeah, but where, where, uh, there's too many missing like parts. Like Julia could have gone anywhere. She could have been working for anyone. She does look like she was actually pregnant. So then it looks like maybe that's an important part of things. Then there's an occult angle, and then there's a Masonic angle, and then there's a political angle. Mm. I'm starting to think Niccolo really doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, weirdly, which is I was sort of hoping, which sort of p- plays counter to your genie, your brilliant suggestion, that maybe 
Don has now disappeared, but then maybe Don has gone to the police. I don't know, people just keep disappearing from that house. I'm still suspicious of them. They're like, oh, they left. Oh, she's gone. Oh, he's gone. Really? They've all just gone? Which is so unsettling. So one thing is that we should stick together, I feel. But, I mean, obviously, that's... I think we've always established that in character. But, but, but personally, I'm now suspicious... I'm, I'm suspicious of this four-legged thing idea, but I might be grasping slightly at a, at a, at a, a mythos straw there. And the night that she... that the, the other pair did, left... Left. Yeah. There was... I was slept through it, but we we know there was shouting in Italian downstairs. There was some intense conversation going on. So there was possibly strangers in the house, or other more people in the house. Or a deal is is being challenged. The the, the new generation is saying, "I don't want to carry out carry on with this ritual." I don't know. I mean, I feel like. They go up every Saturday and then it gets stopped because there was trouble on the procession. I mean, that, to me, reeks of ritualised engagement with a holy space suggests regular magic point sacrifice donation. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get up there, give it a whole load of magic points. That's it, satisfied for another week. There's a big festival on. Yeah, and then festival is epicentre. And suddenly all these people are disappearing. Throw a pregnant person in on top, a person, pregnant woman. I think Sharon's got really no, no idea about what could possibly be causing any of this. It's tough because uh, I like as as players. I think you've got a lot, but um, but the, but as characters, you don't have a lot to go on. No, I mean I, th- I feel like we've got a lot, but it's yeah. I think I think Sharon now just doesn't want Sharon just doesn't want to be alone, but it's not clear to her where to go next. I still I still feel a pull not to the basilica but to the cathedral which is where the Madonna portrait is now and where the procession will start and lead back. Can I can I check what time it is in game? Sure. Uh yeah, let's say it's um afternoon turning into evening. Mm. 6 o'clock, let's say. Well, 6 o'clock. As a, as an offer, um I've got one in return, but do you want do you want, do you want, do you want if you if you hear what mine is, I think Oh great. Well, maybe start with yours. Uh, we, I think we're having an aperitif because it's that kind of time, and some and some water probably as well. It it, it struck me that I I could I could possibly try and um, visit the um, the British Institute in Bologna. Um, I don't particularly have a contact there like like you, but um, I would have thought the three of us could probably get in. I wonder if we've, we've just got enough time to get there. And look at their personal library, not personal, but, you know, their private library, about the fascinating images that we saw at the um, Basilica San Stefano. I wondered whether there was any sort of connection between that and this unusual Masonic um, group. And now if we throw into the mix the uh, the, um, Domenichini, I wonder if there's a sort of... I wonder if there's a there's a number of groups all sort of helping each other out, and at some stage they need to either make enough money out of some tourists that they can kidnap, or I know I sound a little crazy because why wouldn't we leave this to the police? But I'm not entirely sure that we could trust them. If you see what I mean, and imagine the machinery that we'd have to um, employ if we were going down the the diplomatic route. Oh, oh, diplomats! They're so slow, so slow. Except in times of of crisis when their own building is threatened, in which they're quite useful then. 
But do you see what I mean? We could possibly gain a little bit more information. Well, I'm not against that idea because I feel that some something we're missing here. Those two chaps I was talking to in that cafe when they was going on about there. First of all, they was going on about their brother being taken by that order mm. uh, because he had a criminal record when he died, you see. So apparently they have a right to take the body away and they haven't been able to see the body, which they're pissed off about. Well, that that's a bit, that's a bit odd to me. Mm. I know it's a religious thing, but still. And then the political situation's interesting because when I asked them, oh, we're looking for this lady who we think she might have gone missing, she was in our group, he says... Apropos of nothing, oh, was she in a? Did she have some sort of political affiliation? Oh, and I said, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think she might have had something to do with these primo linoleums or whatever they're called. <laughs> and he said, oh, right, I have to think about that then. Well, that must mean something, mustn't it? Yeah, that does sound. But how these, how this political group ties in with these nut religious nut jobs? Your guess is as good as mine. I think you're right. I think we are missing some information. I know these religious groups tend to have a political influence as well, so they've probably got a vested interest somewhere along the line. But how this woman could be involved in all of this when she's all she's got a pamphlet, I don't understand it. There may, of course, be a public library that's open, but I should imagine everything will be in Italian there. That's my only reason why I would suggest going to the um, the British Institute. I see you're thinking there. Um, but we might be pushed, so shall we... Um, although it's not very far, perhaps we should... Well, there is, a, there is a library. I point to the map. There is a library. One of those tunnels, I reckon, goes to it. Right here. Well, the librarian might speak English. Now, there's a thought. We could just interrogate that. Um, ask them some questions. <laughs> Gosh, good thinking. It might actually be the quickest route. Well, as long as we're together, let's do it. There is a library. Right, right, right there. I'm not suggesting we take the tunnel. Well, we might be able to take the tunnel back. <laughs> Traffic's bad. Uh, yeah, but that's true. And also, it's kind of... It's, it's weird the way it works, isn't it? Where, where the sort of promenade hour is about to begin, but as a result, stuff is sort of open for longer. Mm. Yeah, oh, I think that... I think uh, the, the, the library is not... doesn't look like it's going to imminently close. It might might be open till 9 or 10 o'clock. Let's try it. Great. OK, well, it's, it's right there on the piazza. Uh, amazing. Um, so if that's where you are having your aperitif, you wander over and you... Il conto, por favor. Oh, yes, you do pay the bill. Thanks. Um, you go up these big, wide um, marble steps um, and into the into the lobby of this massive, quite modern library. Buonasera. Uh, sono inglese. Oh. Um, eh, il mio amico inglese. Ami. Si. Hello. Uh, oh, I love your accents. <laughs> I hope I hope one day maybe I can visit England. I would love to learn to speak like you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> How can I help? We are looking for some information regarding the fascinating imagery... Cultural history. Cultural history and imagery of uh, the San Stefano... Uh, well, to be very particular, uh, the edicule. Uh, eh, 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 yes, you understand? Yes. Uh Yes, I can show you to um, the section on local history, if that helps. Mm. It, it would be most useful. And also, we have a, uh, a personal interest in the Domenichini and uh, their relationship with 
other um, esoteric groups? Hmm. Uh, well, the Domenichini sort of keep to themselves, uh, to be honest. I, I, mm. I suppose that's their nature. Could, I could give you some information on them, but... Um, yeah, and what's the deal with them taking, like, dead bodies of criminals and that? Uh, oh, where do they take them? Uh, to the to the basilica to the to the um, uh, the, the burial plot up at the basilica di San Luca. All on the hill. Uh, that's right. Yes. Oh right. Can you have a look? Are you allowed to go and have a look? Uh, yes. Uh, there will be nobody there at the moment because of the festival. But yes, it's the basilica is open. Um, they will be back there. They travel up there. Monday would be a good time to go and visit. I suppose no one will be there until then. Interesting. Well, should we have a look at these pictures then? Yeah, let's do that. So she shows you through to the local history section. Are you looking for anything in particular? Well, anything on that um, curious ancient mosaic-like imagery. So so I suppose it's Roman and pre-Roman influences on Basilica San Stefano. Why don't you give me a, a, a library use roll? How's everyone else's library use? Minimal. Mine, having recommended libraries, I am at a 33, which is weak for a journalist, but obviously... 25. It's not great. 20. Uh, I had to choose other things. 33 it is. Let's try it. Well, you can all have a roll. Let's all have a go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's all... Would you believe it? I've rolled exactly a 20. Boom! A pass. Excellent. Unbelievable. I fumbled, Dan. Oh, fucking hell. A 96 on a 33. It's not my night. It's not... You're the best one. It's not my night. Okay, well, hold that thought. Um, So there's a a pass. With your pass, you find some information. um, You find uh, some books that actually happen to have um, an Italian and an English version. And they tell you that it's you know been a point of interest that the mosaics in in that church and in some in various different Roman remains, including in the basements of the library itself, which have been opened up so you can visit, have very strange imagery that portrays what some people have said almost looks like cannibalistic practices. But no one has really got to the bottom of it. They, it you also find out that. San Stefano, as as Don suggested, was built on the site of a temple of Isis. There was a cult of Isis in this part of the world, and it had been a you know long been a religious site. And the you know the the settlement itself has got Etruscan history and obviously Roman history, but you know um, Egyptian cults here as well. And yeah, no one has really got to the bottom of these mosaics except that to acknowledge that they are here and there about the city and are very strange uh, the, with your fumble mm-hmm. Nicholas you find another book specifically that looks at the um, those strange gargoyles on the edicule mm. and your book is in Italian but with your little phrase book that you have on you and your basic Italian you think you can translate most of it yes of course I do of course I do and you think, well, in fact, you know that it's because there, there is a there is a, a religious order here who hold dogs as sacred, yes, and have even have even talked about the dog afterlife, of course, 
and they have a they have a belief that man's best friend can be met again in the hereafter just as i thought all along all dogs go to heaven and you're not quite sure because the, the you know that you are working in a second language a very bad second language but i'm inspired but it seems to you that that religious order is the domenichini well of course it would because of course they they're associated with the confraternita della morte so yeah and i went very spanish there which is always my problem you see i that's i'm always borrowing some spanish for my italians very bad very bad and i think i dash over to the others uh, with my book and i put the book down and as i open on the page where there's a uh, there's a sort of charming sculpture of a dog which just has the subtle suggestion of a cocker spaniel about it it's, it's, mm. it isn't a cocker spaniel obviously but i point at it emphatically and i and I, i tap the book and i say you see i was right i've been called here for a purpose don't you feel it a dog statue not just the statue that's just the tip of the iceberg as it were what's that got to do with julia i think she's been hooked up in it all there's some sort of there's some sort of cult yes that's the word like a like a throwback like like the um like the guelphs and the and the, and the ghibellines um in dante and uh and like those um oh, what are those french ones the fascinating ones um not the carthaginians oh you know the sort of thing i mean they're all they're all up to it in the, up to up to their neck in it private worship and i genuinely think There's a chance. There's a chance here for redemption, for revival. I look quite crazed, obviously. <laughs> mm. Right, right. I look at Sharon, confused. <laughs> Sharon looks a bit frightened. <laughs> mm. Where, what do we do with this information, Mr. David? Where do we go with it? <laughs> well, I think we need to understand where the Masons fit in. Propaganda due. That was right, isn't it, Dan? Propaganda Due was was the underground Masonic Lodge. That was yes. Are you are you looking for information on those as well? Uh, I think I I think I turn right turn to them and I say we need to find where the echoes lead, uh, echoes through time, maybe even through space. Right. <laughs> the uh, the the Umberto <laughs> echoes lead. <laughs> uh, as I cough. Confusingly. <laughs> well, let's look into that. I also like to have a quick look, see if we can find anything about these prim prima prima leaners. Oh yes, yes. You you look up the prima linea, and I'll um I'll look up the Sharon. Perhaps you come with me. Yes, all right. I'll do that. She says, worried. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I can tell you that you're not going to find anything about a prima linea beyond because they're a very very new. Um, communist organization so there'll be nothing there'll be nothing here on it but i think you might know that much mm. and then with regard to um propaganda due i think you're not i don't think you're going to find anything more than what you what you sort of know about them based on your based on what you what you learned in the in the restaurant whether whether they were sort of like an excommunicated masonic order It's, it's the classic. It's the classic moment of inspiration in the library, followed by the enervating, deadening effect. Books <laughs> with references, and I pass them over to Sharon, and she looks, and she looks both worried and now bored. 
<laughs> and I get frustrated because I don't want to bore her. And, and so then I, and then I, I, I start talking madly about there must be some sort of canine relation. You know, the the statue that I carry is not Anubis, but looks like Anubis. It's it's more sort of like a kind of angelic dog head, very unusual. Mm, um, here, have you seen it? And I, I I take it out and I show it to her, and then I sort of forget that I'm doing that, and I'm still turning pages as I'm. As I'm leaning it over and I'm going, it's, it's just not here. I, I don't know why it isn't here. Maybe we need to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> While they're doing that, I think I'll have wandered over to the librarian and said, um, hey, uh, any chance I can have a quick look at this basement section that you've dug up? Uh, and she checks the time and says, um, yeah, yes, yes, of course. Um, um, I just want a quick butcher's is all. That's uh, fine, yes. Uh, you, it's it's through that door and um, down those stairs there. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> I was reading in one of your books, you've got some gnarly pictures of people eating people. I'd like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, there are some more down there. Fantastic. <laughs> and you do, and you, you make your way down the stairs, and, it's, you know, it's been excavated actually similarly to um, Fabry's basement. They're all at it. Um, except obviously much more professionally, but it looks like the same sort of period going back through medieval architecture um, to, you know, Roman mosaics and some Etruscan structural foundations, basically. Mm. And uh, you can see under glass are some more of these very strange mosaics. And as you look closely, you think it's... um, you're not sure that they are... How, how best to put this? You, are you under the illusion that they might have been some sort of religious... You know, I think your first thought was like, oh, you know, here's my flesh, eat of my body, whatever. And as you look at them, you're like, I'm not sure whether this is religious mm. iconography. Mm. It looks it looks more... Almost more, like, artistic. Mm. It's, 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 it looks artistic. Hmm. Um, like someone might have made these for enjoyment. Hmm. Dog cannibal porn. Dog cannibal porn. It's niche. But that's not to say there isn't a very lucrative niche there. DCP. <laughs> so, uh, with the other two still upstairs, I, d- I don't know whether you sort of have a, have a little, you know, how much of a poke around you have down there. You give me a spot hidden if you like. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to try and see if there's an obvious place where these tunnels might connect. Mm. Mm. That is not a success. Okay. Well, you can't see. It appears to be a very clinical, professional excavation job with glass plates put over, you know, um, artefacts of interest and no way in or out other than the steps that you've come down to have a look. Hmm. I see. Well, there we are then. Mm. One of the things I was going to suggest at post-library is going to try and talking to someone religious about what's going on. Sure. I was thinking about going out to the Basilica where they've taken, probably taken the body of this guy who's the brother of the two chaps. Is that is that San Luca? Mm. Yeah, up on the hill. I mean, I know it's a couple of hours walk, but maybe a taxi could get us there in... Forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, we can we can take a we can take a car there, which is much quicker, right? You can, yeah. The road route the road route is um is fairly straightforward. So yeah, it would be about it'd be about sort of two hours walk, I think, or just maybe fifteen minutes in a car. 
We wouldn't have to play the two hours in real time if you did want to walk. <laughs> Although, you know. But if they're all going to be, if they've been busy up there, but they're not there now because they're all going to be down in the city for the start of the procession back up to the hill, now might be a good time to snoop around, go and have a little poke. I think, as you, I think, I imagine that we might be saying this on the steps of the library. Mm. Sure. Sort of, sort of discussing what our next move. And as you say that, I think I turn to you, Sharon, and I say, my God, you don't think, you don't think they're trying to time something with the procession? Some sort of act, maybe, some sort of political statement that's crossed with esoteric and religious significance. I think you might have hit on something, you might have hit on something there, Mr. Devere. There's certainly a lot of activity and a lot of different avenues all seems quite frantic. It's all happening right now. Dear, oh dear. Mm. Maybe we should just get out of here. What What do you think about heading up to the Basilica quickly? If we leave now, we can get there by 7.30, 8 o'clock. To see what? To do what? Well, maybe I've got a morbid um, imagination, but those two blokes going on about... Them, their brother's body being taken away. It got me thinking, like, well, where have they taken it? Up there. And, well, have they taken anything else? Anyone else, you see? Exactly what I was thinking. I don't know, it just seems... Oh, dear. You're suggesting... Possibly, I see. Yeah, well, you never know, do you? I think he does take a step back away from the two of you at that point. <laughs> You think you might find them there? The others? Maybe. I would quite like to catch Don and see what the police said to him. I'm sure it was nothing helpful. But, um... Can we even allow Don to be above suspicion? Probably not. Very good point. Who knows the lies that people can tell? But you can't hide a body if it's lying there right in front of you, can you? No. All right. Not unless you've got a big blanket. All right, then drive out to the Basilica and then uh, get the cab back and visit the cathedral and then maybe see if we can confront Don back at the house. How does that sound? Fine with me. Mm, sounds like a plan. All right. Taxi! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you you hail a taxi and tell him you want to visit the Basilica. He tells you in Italian that, but I think you understand what he's saying, that it's closed and you won't be able to visit tonight. It's closed. You can drive us up there, though. Just want to see the view, the vista. Oh, I see. Uh, and you walk back? Non passaggiare, non, no. Um, uh, posso, um, posso avere, uh, si, si, possa avera, uh, aspetta. Si, ah, si, si, si. Si, si. So you get in the back of the cab and he sets off and um, you, you know, wind through these streets that are really getting very busy, packed with people, you know, here for the festival. You drive past the cathedral and you can see the, you can see the order of the Domenici sort of, Domenichini coming out. Um, and you can see the crowd gathering around them as the, as the icon comes out on the end of this tall pole and you drive on past out of town and then onto this sort of winding country road 
and it's still light just about but I think the sun is on the way down you wind up through these sort of cypress trees and um, and you know if you turn around you look back you've got a view of the city behind you and then eventually you pull up in the sort of the, the driveway really of this medium sized basilica hmm. um, as, aspetta uh, asbestos <laughs> uh, I think it means to wait I'm not sure and he says you look I wait <laughs> ma grazie molto bene um, Gra- grazie and I and I, I slip him slip him a couple of thousand lira from my dwind from my ever dwindling resources <laughs> soaking wet <laughs> yeah um, how, wh- what's your credit rating yeah not as high as that 33 it's the absolute maximum you can have for this level of character okay well I guess we'll find out whether your tip is sufficient to uh, persuade him to wait. 33? Yep. You cannot have higher for a journalist. 33? Yep. Wow. No, no, 30. 30 is the maximum. 30, and that's, you know, I was I was bound by a limitation. I couldn't, I couldn't put it higher. Wow. Hmm. Okay. 15 to 30 is the credit rating. Because you're desperate all the time for the story. That's the thing. Which I am. Because of all of this as a story. And at that point, I think I see the dog just run run away into the shadows, <laughs> and the other two are just stepping ahead, and I, and I just stride towards it. I see I see this probably a stray, or was it Tontu? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe it was Tontu. Just to really pay out on that fumble, I think I think I need to do that. Yeah. And it's and and he's heading sort of towards. Uh, basically, as you as you look at the the basilica, it's got a big dome in the middle, and then two sort of smaller domes that come out on either side at the end of uh, little mini porticos. And then on from one of them, the long portico de- begins the descent down into Bologna. And um, so you can go up the main steps at the front or up the steps on the little covered dome on one side and, and, and work your way around that way. If, if you're heading, if you're heading in, if that's, or you might not be, you might be just having a look around. I think uh, Sharon's instinct is to head to the portico, the steps there. Okay. Conveniently, that's the direction in which the dog appeared to run. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Although, I think I think you might might have lost sight of it now. Maybe it's gone between the colonnades and into... As the sun is low in the sky, you, you reach the steps that lead up to the portico and the low sun is casting these really long shadows out of each portico and you realise suddenly that it's quite exposed up here and there's a lot of places where people could potentially hide mm. and dogs and dogs can I roll a spot hidden by all means yeah I, I'm all I'm spotting is the serpentine nature of this colonnade this portico this is it is it like a spine yes it is in a way yeah from this point it's it it goes down quite steeply mm. from your vantage point here. Yeah, it starts quite flat in the town, but you're looking down at quite what feels like quite an angle. How'd you get on with your spot hidden, Sharon? This fails fifty-five on a forty-five. Fine. Do you want to push it? What? I didn't say that. I wouldn't. I would say. Oh, the GM's advised not to. That's always advi- that's always important. <laughs> mm. We'll never go against GM's advice. <laughs> I think I say, with, with this beautiful sunlight on one half of my face and the other half plunged into dark shadow, I say, Tontu. Oh, the climb, Tontu. 
Imagine what the climb would be. And I, I have this sort of beatific moment where all these threads seem to meet. And I turn around and I, and I look at the quizzical face of Sharon. And I see the hard look in Robert's face. And I realize that we're, we're like three shepherds looking for a star. <laughs> three wise folk looking for a... Looking for a donkey or a zonkey? <laughs> a zombie donkey? Uh, 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 it's not, not, not a zombie donkey, no. I feel like I feel like maybe I maybe it was rash of me to say don't push your spot hidden. If you want to push it, you can push it. Or maybe someone else maybe someone else does. I, I think I, I dash over to her and I say I think I dash over to her and I say, What do you see? And I and I gaze across at her. And and throw so not at her, at the, at what she's looking at, and I try to encourage Robert to do the same. Well I already rolled and I failed abysmally. Oh. There's no point me pushing it. Then maybe can I roll before we push? Yeah, of course. No pressure. I mean, you are looking for the dog. Yeah. Uh, well, have you already rolled? No. No. Fine. But I'm sort of, I'm, I've stopped riffing like a mad fucking weirdo. Look, guys, I'm running really badly. 86 on a 60. If you don't push it, I will. I'll push. I'll push mine. 45 on a 60. I mean, mine, mine's a better chance, but, or is it? It's even worse. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 72. How do you push it, Jeannie? <laughs> How did you push it? Yeah, where are you looking? That's my first question, when you push it. What do you, where are you? Are you looking down at the portico? Or are you looking up at the basilica? Up at the basilica. Okay, yeah. And you push it by... What I would, what I would, what I would say is just before this, this whatever's about to happen happens, mm. <laughs> I've, I think I've sort of drifted off around the perimeter to try and see where this burial ground is. Um, Because that's what I'm looking for, really. But, um, yeah, so I'm probably not far away, but I am walking into the shadows. Okay. I think I've pushed it by... um, I've taken the... um, Nick DeVere, you've got your torch... You've still got the torch, right? It's it's now... It's in my linen jacket. So I think I've... I think when you came over to me and said, what are you looking at, what are you looking at? I've um, I've reached my hand into your pocket and grabbed the torch out and tried to tried to turn it on and peer up through the portico, but I fumbled it and dropped it on the floor. Great. Uh, and and what about how did you get on, Nicholas? Did you push yours as well? Well, I think I'm going to push mine by. It's the classic. Three of us having said that we stick together, we all we break apart. Yeah, yeah. And I just I dash forward, thinking, of course the dog went there, Tonto went there. So I go right to the edge of the steps. I think, in a mad run. And I think I do say, Tonto! It's a 59, which is the pass by one. Okay, great, great. Ooh. Okay, so let's, let's, deal with, let's deal with Nicholas first. So as you head down the portico in search of the dog that you think might be Tonto... Mm, revived, potentially. You sort of clatter down the stairs... And, and make your way down through, you know, a couple of the arches and you realise that every so often there is a, there is a shrine uh, and each one is, uh, symbolises a, a part of Christ's life. Yes. And you sort of come up short just next to one because you think maybe, maybe the dog darted in there and it has a sort of metal gate that, that hangs open. Mm, swings slightly in the unfelt breeze. But the dog... The dog isn't in there, but I think you're drawn in there. And I'll come back to you. Um, 
Robert, mm. you are making your way round the basilica to look for this burial plot, and you find it. It's not. It's not hard to find. It's not very well marked. There are a couple of. Um, it's a bit like British war graves in very simple stones, marking the last resting place of of criminals or um, you know paupers. Really, the thing that strikes you when you come across it is that if this order has the responsibility of bearing away the dead bodies of criminals, um, sick people who are unclaimed, all these, you know, unfortunate groups, it's an incredibly small plot. Mm. Sharon, you you pick out your torch and you swing your arm wildly and, and shine it towards the basilica and it flies out of your hand. As, as it flies out of your hand, you see, you're sure, in the stained glass window that looks out towards you, a face. Oh, fuck. But as the torch clatters loudly to the ground, you see the eyes flick, and whoever it is has definitely seen you. Whoa. Oh, no. What, what have we stumbled into? There's someone there. There's someone there. I think Sharon... It's so freaked out by seeing a face in the Basilica window. I think it's just enough to arrest me, but I'm still on that liminal space with the door. I'm just past it, maybe, I feel like. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see what's beyond. If I hear Sharon, instinct kicks in and I, I don't rush to help. I dive deeper into the shadows <laughs> and take up a, a position... A concealed position of observation. Right, okay, great. I tell you what, Nicholas, while you're listening to Sharon yelling, there's someone there, there's someone there, could you give me a listen roll? Yes. And and I could not be more reminded of that um, performance by Oliver Courtney de Quincey in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the infamous 39th Man. Uh, not a very good film. No. Uh... And I have... It doesn't get much more extreme than this, guys. I've rolled a zero, too. <gasps> OMG. Wow. It does get a little tiny bit more extreme than that, but... It oh, doesn't get much more there, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, two on my 50, listen. Great. Great. The ears of a bat, the claws of an eagle. It is... T- technically, it should be my most important skill, because after all, one hears the play dick of a shy horse <clears throat> so almost as if from behind the, the the picture in the shrine and yet from somehow also from below you you hear what sounds like a rattling of a chain and potentially a dog barking but I mean it's a really long way away. It's astonishing that you've picked it out. I think maybe there's something about Sharon yelling, there's someone there that ring, that voice rings out in the clear, still air. There's someone there, there's someone there. And then you hear this jangle of a chain and then a sort of... <sighs> I think the key is, is the implication that it's ahead for me. That sound sounds like it's... Below. Behind or below. So what is directly ahead of me? Is it steps? So you've come into a shrine. Mm. 
just off the portico, it's a little iron gate, and there is a a painting, a large painting, um, that represents, I think because it's the last shrine along the station, it is, mm. funnily enough, the one that represents his ascension. Mm. Of course. And it sounds like, it sounded like that, it sounded like the noise was coming from somewhere far deep below you. Hmm. Yeah. But also kind of behind that, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. In which case, I will examine the painting to see if it removes, see if it moves, removes, see if it's uh, all archaeological caution is being thrown to the wind in this moment. Yeah. I do still have the trowel with me if I need to pry. Oh, great. If I need to pry anything off. Yeah, because of that astonishing um, extreme success on your listen roll, I think you are willing to uh, be a little bit more reckless. Yeah, exactly. As you say, with, with your art history. And the passion. Um, so you get your trowel behind a corner of it and start levering it, and um, the, the, the sort of tacks pop loose. And you feel a, a like a gust of air come up, and on that gust of air, that really sort of sickly smell again. But there is clearly some sort of passageway behind that. M- meanwhile, um, maybe Robert could give me a listen roll as well from your position. Mm. Sort of, you're, I, I think you're ducked down right against the wall of the basilica. That's a 50 on a 40. Mm, I can't spend the luck on that. I've got very little luck. Um, but do I push it? Mm. Mm. Maybe I do push it by sort of crawling commando style across the grass. At my age. It's very impressive. Okay. Get a bit closer. Once you've done it in the theatre of war, it's never quite the same when it's merely in the theatre of Cthulhu. <laughs> no. 68. Oh dear, oh dear. I think as you crawl across the the grass, you get, you know, close enough to the basilica, you get you crawled until you're under a window. And just when you think you're in the right position, you put one elbow down on something sharp, whether it's a stone or a bit of broken glass, mm. and you sort of involuntarily kind of let out a little yelp and 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 the voices that you had heard in hushed conversation um italian voices immediately go quiet when you let out your little yelp Hmm. um sharon what are you doing uh so horrified by the sight of a face in the window uh i think she's she's grabbed the torch off the ground given it a shake managed to get it on again very shakily trained it back on the window to see if there's anything else that can be seen and then bravely sort of head in head head towards the basilica great you shine your torch back um the, the face is no longer at the window you make your way towards the the front door um it is it is closed, firmly closed. I don't know whether you try and get it open or knock on it or mm, locksmith twenty. Why not? Let's give it a roll. 
93. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Ooh, not a fumble. Not a fumble. Not a fumble. Okay. She takes the chipolata and shoves it in the lock. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. I think you take out take out one of your hairpins and um give it give it a little wiggle in the lock, but you you realize you you really don't know what you're doing with locks. Push like. it straight through to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's it's like a big it has one of those big iron keys that's not very sophisticated but it's not it's not something you can like fiddle and make the the locks all pop you just need a big old object to turn it and anyway but you you don't quite you think you've probably stayed quiet enough that no one has heard you trying to pick the lock but obviously i think you're aware that someone's aware that you are there yeah yeah, very much so it's a one in it's a one in five chance isn't it i wonder if what a push maybe not maybe not well, in a way, what's the worst can happen? They already know you're here. Yeah, I mean, is that thing? Yeah, just wondering whether. But yeah, um, so what, what, as soon as it's free, and I know, uh, as soon as I can feel that stale air and the mix of the, the heady mix of ancient, forgotten knowledge, dogs and sewage, that is Italy to to me. I I shove the trowel in to hold the position, leave it there, and I dash back up the steps. Okay. For the others, obviously oblivious to their crises. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I think I might be hissing. I think I found something. I think I found something. But I suspect that's me. <laughs> yeah. So I think Sharon, you can hear this. Um, and Robert, uh, you know, poten- potentially you can, but you are sort of ra- round the other side of the basilica, as it were. Okay. Yeah. Sharon's totally freaked out. So I think she instantly dashes towards the sound of Nick's voice. I mean, I'm not yelling, but I think it would be sort of... Re- it would, it's that sort of stage whisper, I think I found something, I think I... Because he doesn't want to draw something like police attention or security attention, but mm. he's unable to contain it and has forgotten that there might be someone in there, potentially. I think I, I hot-foot it as quickly and as keeping as low as possible and trying to stick to the shadows and try and hot-foot it round to the, back to them. Mm. That's what I'm doing. And if I, if, I, if I get there, I say, um, I think we're rumbled. What? I think there's some, I think some Italian priests in there. They, they heard us. What? Priests? I think they're onto us. Oh. Look, come, come and look at this. Maybe if we're quiet. And I, I sort of gesture and I go low. In, a, in a, almost a parody of, of someone sneaking. <laughs> and I take them back to the, to the, to the chapel. And I say, I thought I saw a dog down here. Genuinely, I really did. I thought I saw a dog, but but look at this. And is the trowel still there? Yeah. Yep. Look, I I thought I'd risk it all. Here, help me off. Help 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 me take this off. Careful with it. <laughs> it's probably priceless. <laughs> Sharon gets the hammer out of her bag. <laughs> yeah, just sort of clawing it off. <laughs> so you know, with your tools, you sort of manage to. A couple of the tacks ping loose, and it, it's almost like it comes off on a on a hinge, as if this is something that has been used with semi regularity as a as a door. Mm. And it it opens on this uh, quite a large opening. That you've got your torch back, Sharon. I have. That you can see leads down these stone steps. Um, in what looks like maybe a spiral staircase. Can I check who's got the cloak at this point? I think it's still Sharon. Still Sharon, fine. 
Yeah, I've still got it. It's in my handbag, in my capacious handbag. And uh, Robert, you've got your briefcase. Mm-hmm. Fine. Robert, what 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 color what color clothes are you wearing, Robert? Black. Uh, I think I look at him in that moment and I say, Sharon, Sharon, maybe we should give Robert the cloak. That's a good idea. It might buy us a few seconds. Sharon takes it out of her bag and offers it. Uh, it's not magical, is it? How would it? I don't think so. Yeah, all right. It's warm, though. Warm? Yeah. I can handle warm. It gets this night air. <laughs> magical? Did you say magical? I think everything that we've been through coalesces in the moment in which this hardened, tough nut drinks at the coach and horse's fellow says it's not magical, is it? Mm. And I would like to do a role of your choosing, mm. keeper of the um, Basilica, prior of the Basilica, mm. regarding my understanding of whether there might be a magical element involved in all of this that I hadn't really been letting in. Maybe an idea role, or a power role, or an education role, or maybe an occult role. Mm. At this stage, I think... I'm looking for an insight. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I think an, I'd, I'd take an occult role. I think anything else, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can... Mm. I failed horribly before, so let's see if we can repeat that, Majesty. Or an extreme education role. Should we do it one in one? Yeah, why not? Tell me how you get on with those two things. They're both a fail, and it's all very mediocre. It's a 58 on a 25, and a 58 on an 84 education. So it's, although it, I understand I'm at, at the epicenter, it's a little bit like being under that Neptune statue. Statue. I realise that I'm at the centre again, mm. but I can't, yet again, I don't know the navigation. And I, I say nothing, but I, I nod as the cloak gets handed, handed over, and I just light my, my lighter, and I start walking down, without even checking as to see how they're doing. I just take the front point, a light in the dark. Sure. And I, I think maybe the two of you hear me say something. I say something like, "Gilgood once said to me, a light on the stage," and that's all you hear as I'm walking. And do you two follow? Yes. Yeah. Fine. So maybe you two would like to give me a listen roll now. Nicholas's listen roll still stands. So good. Nope. 84 on a 40. Ooh, good 40 as well. Ooh, 43 on a 45. Well, well rolled. Ooh. So, Nicholas, you can, you can hear that. What sounds even more now like a... Like an animal on a chain... And there's a sort of low, guttural barking and this chain jangling. And then every now and again, a few calm words in Italian as you make your way down. I mean, if you continue making your way down many, many steps, perhaps a couple of hundred steps down. Well, I was wondering if I could stop and I could say, do you hear that? No. <laughs> Yes, I do. What is it? It's like um, a dog, uh, a chain rattling, and then someone talking to the to the dog. I think. I can't make the words out. It's in Italian. I don't. I don't understand it. But you get a sense of it. 
It's something calming, calming the beast. Yeah, talking the dog, calming the dog down, talking to the dog. I, I slap my hand onto my mouth. The devil. What if it's the devil? <laughs> you what? No. Just a, it's just a man and a dog. But what are they doing down here? Come on. Nicholas, the devil doesn't exist. You've got to keep a hold of yourself. I grab him. I grab, his, I grab his arm and I say, What? You say it doesn't exist? Of course it doesn't exist. No. Uh, of course. <laughs> but you've, you've, you've not seen the way they read Simon Mountwood's work. Oh. Come on, Mr. Devere, calm yourself. We're going to be learning all about sausage pasta tomorrow. Let's just keep a cool head. <laughs> the way Simon Mountwood would write about sausage pasta, they'd all lap it up. Simon who? I'm sure he would, but... He's just a youngster. And I'm at least 20 years older than him. And they all love it. They love it. They can't get enough of it. He writes for the Daily Blade. Pull yourself together, Mr. Devere. That bastard. Right. <clears throat> Sorry, sorry. I slapped myself around the face. Look, if it's any consolation, I'm sure no one reads either of you. Let's keep moving. I look at him with more honesty than I've looked at anyone for the last 20 years. And I nod. <laughs> so Nicholas is still in front now? No, I think, I think I've think i yielded my front position. Oh, OK, who's in front now? I'll go in front with the torch. Fine, OK. Do you still have your hammer? Just in case. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, thank God. She's now got the torch in one hand, she's got her pan bag over her shoulder, and she's got the hammer in her in her other hand, ready to... <laughs> so, Sharon, you, uh, you keep making your way down until you come to... Um, do you keep your torch on the whole way? Yes. Okay. Well, in which case, give me another listen roll. <laughs> Just her, or can the rest of us join? Ooh, very good. A 12 on a 45. Ooh, nice. Maybe we don't need to. So you hear suddenly very close, as if you're maybe one turn of stairs above where this sound is coming from, you hear a, a rattle of the chain. And then this Um... Is that something that we all hear? Yeah, why not? I think Sharon's success, I will, I will take that for all of you because I think you're close enough. Her, her instinct was to stop and listen, and you've all heard it. Is it, is it Italian? Can I try and understand it? It's Italian. It's 55 on a 12. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in my, in my nerves, I, I turn back and I say... Sol, do you have a gun? What did you say? My eyes go wide. And I say, Hum, Robert. Robert, do you have a gun? No, I don't have a fucking gun because the bastard didn't leave me one. I've got this instead. And I pull a dagger, a stiletto blade out of my jacket. <laughs> I take a step back and I bump into, I bump into um, Sharon. And I point it at you and I say, I don't know you know my fucking name, but this doesn't leave this tunnel, okay? No, I... I What's going on? Nothing, nothing. I, I, I used to drink at the coach and horses. 
Yeah, well, you're not supposed to tell people you drink at the Coach and Horses if you've met them at the Coach and Fucking Horses, are you? I'm sorry. Okay, I think we should try and keep whatever's happening between the two of you right now. Let's let's deal with it later. Keep it down, because there's a dog that sounds quite big and angry down there, and I don't know what that man's saying to it, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah, what's he saying? We've got to help it. Orcalud. Something about Orcalud. I can't work it out. We've got to get closer. And I, I, I take the front now. Put that torch off. Does anyone have any... Does anyone have any folklore? Hmm. <laughs> I've got history on an extreme. Give me an extreme history. Um, or, a, or a successful... Um, a successful Italian language role. But I think Joseph's the only one with any Italian... <laughs> or a, Yeah, or a, fo- a folklore or an extreme history. Well, we could all roll history, right? Everyone has a base. Yeah. Yeah. Or a cult. Give it a go. No, the occult, the occult base isn't very good. Ten. Yeah, or I, t- I guess I can maybe take a hard occult. I've rolled a 90, so I'm going to push the roll. <gasps> I've rolled a one. Oh. Well done. On uh, Well, okay, so it doesn't, doesn't matter what you're rolling on, really, does it? No. <laughs> I want to push the roll, but I think I freeze in that moment. I've got a 75 on a 10. Ooh. So, with a one... You've had everything. You've rolled a hundred and a one in one night. That, that's one of the words you remember. One of the few Italian words you remember is quietiti. It's like, cal- like calm, calm yourself. And orcolat is a is a legend that you've heard about a giant that lives under a mountain. Oh fuck my life! <laughs> of course it is. And uh, is is referred to whenever there were earthquakes in the region not this region actually but whenever there were earthquakes in the region they would say it was the Orcolat who was angry because he'd been tricked by man but it's just a story so although I've frozen I think in that moment I do I point to Sharon and I whisper turn the torch off let me have a look and I take a few steps, and I, and I suspect a, a soft and silent hand stops me because he is the stealth meister. And I look back up at him, and I, I'm still quite afraid, but now I've got, the, I've got an energy in my eyes. And I say, what is it? What? Do you understand something? Yeah, I've heard that name before. Uh, I used to have this um, book of, uh, you know, stupid old stories about nonsense folklore and that rubbish anyway um italian fairy tales i try not to i i i got into it for a bit anyway i don't like it i don't like the stuff i have a what's the word uh, um, phobia i have a distaste for matters supernatural magical that sort of thing oh anyway hence your response of course yeah so anyway this ergolat that's um it's some sort of like, mythical giant lives under a hill. Well, we're up, we're under a hill. Yeah. Here's what I think we should do. <laughs> I think... I think this is for the best. You two stay here, turn the torch off. I'll creep down the steps and see what exactly we're dealing with. Might just be his nickname for a big dog. In which case... I'll sneak up behind him and I'll calm him down. Sound good? <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. 
Yes, yes, and since you look a little bit like the the Domenichini, you you could possibly you you could possibly pass for a brief moment. I'll rely on that if I need to. Mm-hmm. And I, I put the hood up, and I start creeping very stealthily down the steps. Okay, give me a stealth roll. Come on now. Oh, by the skin of my teeth. 62 on a 70. Ooh. So you tiptoe down the step, and you peek your head round the corner, and you, you come down to a sort of stone door mm. well stone doorway and you peek your head round your cor- round the corner and you see uh, one of these Domenichini and dressed exactly like you are with the cape uh, the, um, the robes but he has a shaved head and he's holding something on the end of a chain that uh, is going to make me ask for a sanity roll <sighs> fuck here we go. See you later, fellas. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, that's odd. I, f- I somehow failed that. <laughs> <laughs> 61 on my 26. Yeah. Uh, what were the chances? Uh, Could you roll me a D8, please? Fuck. <laughs> shit. Oh, dear. Shit. No, if this is an 8, shit. Unbelievably... That's a four, which means I'm not indefinitely insane. Ooh. So it's not quite about. Ooh, right on the edge. I was there, I was getting the book out, ready for about. <laughs> so what you see is about the size of a horse, but shaped like a, a man. Twice the height of an average man. But its face... Even in this dull, there's like a little, there's just one torch lit in the room. And even in the torchlight, you can see a face that has no nose, no forehead. It's just like eyes and mouth. It looks savage, completely savage. And it sort of stands on these huge bent legs with muscular thighs. And it's sort of panting and growling low. It's got no nose and no forehead and huge eyes. It's basically eyes and mouth. That's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs>